This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. It is a pleasure to be with you today on Getting to Know Your Bible. We do appreciate those of you that are watching at this time. We want you to continue to watch for the next little while as we discuss this topic, The Half Has Not Been Told. This is based on a story found in the Old Testament, and we're going to be looking at it and some of the things that it tells us about our life today. We hope that you'll stay tuned. Now, on Getting to Know Your Bible, we offer a free Bible correspondence course. Some of you that are watching now have already received the course. You have studied it, mailed it back for grading, and we have sent you a certificate of completion. Others of you watching have been thinking, someday I'm going to call for that Bible course. Some of you are not aware of what I'm talking about. On Getting to Know Your Bible, for a long time we've offered a free Bible correspondence course. I'd like to emphasize, first of all, that it is free. It costs you nothing. We do not ask for your money. We do not charge for anything that we offer on Getting to Know Your Bible. But the Bible course, if you should desire to have a, a CD of one of the lessons or even a DVD of one of the lessons, there's no charge to you. We want you to have it so you can get to know more about the Bible. That's our only reason for, for offering those things free. We do not sell the Bible course. We want you to have it so you can get better acquainted with the Bible in order that you might know a little bit more about the course and that you might know how to order the course. Let's pause for just a moment. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible correspondence course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama, 36580, or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214. I'd like to read now from 1 Kings the 10th chapter, beginning in verse 1. Now when the queen of Sheba heard the fame of Solomon concerning the name of the Lord, she came to test him with hard questions. She came to Jerusalem with a very great train, with camels that bore spices, very much gold, and precious stones. And when she came to Solomon, she spoke with him about all that was in her heart. So Solomon answered all of her questions. There was nothing so difficult for the king that he could not explain it to her. And when the queen of Sheba had seen all the wisdom of Solomon, the house that he had built, the food on his table, the seating of his servants, the service of his waiters and their apparel, his cupbearers and, and his entryway by which he went up to the house of the Lord, there was no more spirit in her. Then she said to the king, It was a true report which I heard in my own land about your words and your wisdom. However, I did not believe the words until I came and saw with my own eyes. And indeed, the half was not told me. Your wisdom and prosperity exceed the fame of which I heard. 
This is one of those interesting stories in the Bible. It's a story about Solomon, who was God's king, and the occasion when the queen of the south, or the queen of Sheba, came to hear the wisdom of Solomon. Our Lord, in the 12th chapter of Matthew, verse 42, makes mention of this incident when he says that, that the queen of the south shall rise with a, in the judgment with this generation and shall condemn it because she came from the uttermost parts of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon, and behold, a greater than Solomon is here. She came to hear the wisdom of Solomon. Now note verse 1 says that she had heard of the fame of Solomon concerning the name of the Lord. And after seeing all that Solomon had, she exclaimed, But half has not been told. Could I say to you today that the half has not been told about the Christ? There is no man alive today, no man who has ever lived, or no man who shall ever live, who can evade, avoid, or escape the claims that Jesus had on his life. Je Jesus Christ is the center of the spiritual universe. Jesus Christ is head and shoulders above all. He is the preeminent one. There have been some great people who have lived on the face of this earth, but Jesus Christ is over all. He is above all. He is preeminent over all. The half has not been told. When we think about Jesus Christ, we are impressed with the fact that Jesus was involved in the creation of the world. In Colossians, the first chapter, and in verses 16 and 17, Paul wrote, For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things consist. Jesus Christ was involved in the creation of the world. God the Father designed the creation of the world. And Jesus executed that plan. In John the first chapter and verse 1 beginning, the Bible reads, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Without Him was not anything made that hath been made. And verse 14 identifies that Word. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. It's talking about Jesus. Jesus was involved in the creation of the world, and what a marvelous creation indeed. And the crowning feet of the Lord's creation 
was the creation of man. And in Psalms, the eighth chapter, David talked about that. What is man that thou art mindful of him? And the son of man that thou visitest him. That thou hast made him a little lower than the angels and, and you've crowned him with glory and with honor. Jesus Christ is involved in that creation. Oh, the half has not been told about Jesus. Jesus Christ is, is the center of the whole redemptive process. In Colossians 1.14, it says, In whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. You see, forgiveness of sins is through Jesus. Verse 20 says, We have peace through the blood of His cross. Christ died for our sins according to the Scripture, 1 Corinthians 15 and 3. And there was a reason for that death, that He might redeem us from all iniquity, Titus 2 and verse 14. Redemption from sin is in Jesus Christ. As a matter of fact, in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3, Paul wrote, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. There, there are blessings that the Lord gives to all people. He gives those blessings even to the man who says he doesn't believe in God. He gives them the sunshine. He gives them the rain, the air to breathe. All of the other blessings that, that are in this world, the Lord gives them even to the unbeliever. But there are certain blessings that are, that are reserved for those who are in Christ. Listen to what Paul says again in Ephesians 1.3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings. There are certain blessings that are called spiritual blessings that are in heavenly places in Christ. Those spiritual blessings are to be found in Christ, not out of Christ. Verse 7 of Ephesians 1 said, it says that in whom we have redemption through His blood. In Christ we have redemption through His blood. That's just one of those spiritual blessings. But that causes me to ask a question. If I'm redeemed in Christ, if I can have all spiritual blessings in Jesus Christ, then I would like to know, how do I get into Christ? Paul answers that for us very plainly and very clearly. In the third chapter of Galatians, verses 26 and 27, For you are all children of God, by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you, as have been baptized into Christ, did put on Christ. How do we put on Christ? How do we put Him on? We put Him on in baptism. We are baptized into Christ. But remember, Paul said that all spiritual blessings are in Christ. And if I am baptized into Christ, 
It is when I am baptized into Jesus Christ that I have access to all of those spiritual blessings that are found in Christ. Oh, what a wonderful thing it is to know that you can be in Jesus. You see why I said that Jesus is the center of the redemptive process? Oh, the half has not been told about Jesus Christ. The half has not been told about what we have in Jesus Christ. Why, for example, in 2 Timothy chapter 2 and 10, Paul told Timothy, I endure all things for the elect's sake, that they may obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus. Where is salvation to be found? Paul is to be found in Christ. But then Paul, if salvation, one of those spiritual blessings is in Christ, does that mean that I do not have it if I'm out of Christ? Well, that would be the logical conclusion, wouldn't it? So I want to know that I'm in Christ, not out of Christ. So Paul, tell me how do I get into Christ? Listen to him again carefully. Galatians 3, 27. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ did put on Christ. So we're baptized into Christ where we have access to those spiritual blessings, where we, are, we can obtain salvation, have the forgiveness of our sins, where we can be a new creature in Jesus because Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5.17, If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. So a new creature is in Christ. But then again, how do we get into Christ? If that's where new creatures are, we're baptized into Him. But Galatians 3.26 again says, For you're all children of God by faith in Christ. Verse 27 says, Know you not that so many of us as were baptized into Christ, were baptized, were, did put on Christ. Jesus said, He that believeth, and is baptized, shall be saved. So that you have, you have the same thing being taught in Galatians 3, verses 26 and 27. And so the half has not been told about Jesus Christ. Jesus is the preeminent one in the church. For example, in Colossians, the first chapter, and in verse 18, and he is the head of the body, the church. When you read the word church in the New Testament and you find the word body, uh, we're, we're talking about the same. The church is the body, the body is the church. Over in the book of Ephesians, in the first chapter of Ephesians, Paul talked, which is parallel to what we read here in Colossians 1.18, Paul said he put all things under his feet, gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. So Jesus Christ is the preeminent one in the church. He is its head. He is its head. There is no man on this earth today, there has never been and there never shall be, any man on this earth who has the right to be the head of the church. Why? Because Jesus is its head. The body is controlled by the head. 
just like your body reacts to what your head tells it to do. Your thinking process, your brain is in your head. And your body reacts to what you're thinking, to the thinking of the head. And Jesus Christ does the thinking for the body. We are to listen to the Lord Jesus Christ. Sometimes people will say, well, uh, who's in control of the church here? And usually there, there might be some person in the church that wants to be top dog. You, you know, they want to be the church boss. They, they're drunk on, on power and they, they want power and they want to control things. But I've got news for you. If you're talking about the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, if you're talking about the New Testament church, Jesus Christ is its head, its only head. And Paul identifies Jesus in Ephesians 5 and verse 23 as being the Savior of the church. The church is not the Savior. Jesus is the Savior of the church. Actually, the verse says He's the Savior of the body. But we read in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 22 and 23, as well as Colossians 1.18, that that body is the church. So if He's the Savior of the body, He's the Savior of the church. Jesus is the Savior. He is the preeminent one in the church. And when you have someone who tries to take the place of Jesus, I don't care how important they may think they are. I don't, it doesn't matter how important other people may think they are. And if they come, began to look to them as, as, the, as the head of the church here on this earth, I want you to know that they are not showing due respect to Jesus. He is the preeminent one. Half has not been told about his preeminence in the church. Je Jesus showed his power over death. If you notice in Colossians 1.18, again, he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning. Notice this. The, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. And the day that Jesus was resurrected is the day death died. I know he was raised from the dead. In Romans 1 and 4, Paul wrote, Declared to be the Son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. In the Old Testament, the question is asked in Job 14 and verse 14, if a man dies, will he live again? But because of the life of Jesus, people are no longer asking that question. Jesus Christ answered that question for time and eternity by saying in John eleven twenty five, 25, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Folks, the half has not been told about Jesus' power over death. He defeated death. 
We can say with the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 57, Thanks be to God which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. He defeated death. He went into Satan's domain and he came forth with the, with the keys of death and Hades in his hand, Revelation 1.18. And if you've got the keys to something, you control it. Jesus defeated death. Sometimes we're called out to the cemetery to stand over the body of someone that we knew or someone that we love, maybe more than life itself. And from that vantage point, it appears that death has conquered at last. But I know that because God could raise Jesus from the dead, that I know one day He can raise me from the dead. And though our bodies may lie within the dust of the earth for centuries, one day our bodies will come forth. Our Lord said, The hour is coming in the which all that are in the grave shall hear His voice and shall come forth. They that have done good to the resurrection of life, they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. You see, the reason we can believe that is because Jesus Christ conquered death. He defeated death. Death is not our enemy. If you're living a faithful Christian life, death is, ought not to be viewed as an enemy. Oh, I'm sure many of us, when we think about our own death, are like one man who said, I have no fear of death. But oh, the crossing, the crossing. I suppose most of us may feel that way because that crossing is the unknown. It's a way we've never been before. But when we serve Jesus, we can say with the psalmist, Yea, though I walk, through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. You see, Jesus Christ has already gone that way. He's already walked through that valley. And Jesus Christ will go with us hand in hand through the valley of the shadow of death. He will never leave us, not even in death. Oh, Jesus showed His power over death. He defeated death by His own resurrection from the dead. On the day of Pentecost, in the second chapter of Acts, Peter was preaching about Jesus. And he was preaching about the life of Christ in Acts 2 and verse 22. He was preaching about the death of Jesus Christ, Acts 2 and 23. And then in verse 24 and following, he preached about his resurrection from the dead. The thing I find very interesting is that those people who were in the city of Jerusalem at that time, so some of the people who had said, crucify him, some of the people who wanted Jesus put into that grave, did not deny what Peter said about his resurrection from the dead. Peter even appealed to David, one of their own prophets, to, as proof of Jesus' resurrection. He appealed a statement made by David back in the 16th Psalm, especially verse number 10, that his soul was not left in hell, neither did his flesh see corruption. 
And in verse 31, Peter said, He seeing this before spake of the resurrection of Christ. And if Jesus had not been raised from the dead, if He did not defeat death, why did they not disprove it? There were the people to disprove it. There was the place to disprove it. This was the time to disprove it. But they could not because they didn't have His body. His body was not in the tomb. He had been raised from the dead by the power of Jehovah God according to the working of His mighty power which He wrought in Christ when He raised Him from the dead. Friends, the half's not been told about Jesus. We're not even touching the hem of the garment in talking about Jesus. But Jesus Christ is coming back someday. He's going to return. For He said, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again. Now that's a promise. He even said, if it were not so, I would have told you. If it were not true, he said, I would have told you. But he said, I will come again. And he will appear the second time without sin unto salvation someday, Hebrews 9, 28. It will, he will come as a thief in the night, 2 Peter 3, 10. Oh, the half has not been told about our Lord Jesus Christ. But I'm, I'm wondering now, how do you really feel about Jesus? How, how do you feel about the Jesus I've talked to you about today? Somebody says, well, you know, Brother Lambert, I, I really believe in Jesus. That is, I, I, think, I, I believe that He lived on this earth. I, I believe that He was God's Son. I believe that, that God spoke to, is speaking to us today through Him according to Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. I believe all of that, but I've never really given my life to Him, Brother Lambert. May I encourage you today then as a believer in Him to be willing to repent of all of the sin in your life. Jesus said, except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. You say you believe in Him. You should, John 8, 24. But are you willing to turn away from your lifestyle? A lifestyle that may be in contradiction to what Jesus would have you to be. And are you willing as a penitent believer in Him, willing to acknowledge faith in Him? Matthew 10, 32 and 33. And would you be baptized into Christ? Galatians 3, 27. For the remission of your sins, Acts 2, 38. That your sins be washed away in the blood of Jesus, Acts 22, 16. That you might be added to the body of Christ, 1 Corinthians 12, 13. Acts 2 and verse 47. The half has not been told. I want to thank you for watching today. Until we meet again, may the Lord bless you and keep you, is my prayer. Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, 
Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama 36580, or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bibles. <laughs>